I've had a gun pulled on, uh, out on me in what? Houston. Yes. <laughs> you never told me that. I did not. No, Mehdi. Hello. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. I'm Mehdi. And I'm Hannah. And, and welcome, welcome back to, to the, the Hannah and Mehdi podcast. <laughs> We're just going to go with it. All right? It's fine. It's, it's fine. okay. It's fine. It's, it's, okay. it's better than last week. It's better than last <laughs> week. Uh, you may notice we have some uh, we Moroccan We are not tea. in Bahrain today. We are in Morocco. And Maghrib. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, because today's topic is actually about the Middle East. I know yeah, it has nothing not to do with Morocco tea. No, I know. It has nothing to do with Morocco tea, but I just was thirsty for some, so we decided to bring it today. Yes. But, Welcome back, everybody. Yeah. Are you ready for this? I'm honestly, I'm very excited about this episode. I think out of all of the ones that we've done so far, this one I've like physically gotten requests from people that I actually know here. They're like, oh, I'd be so interested to know. In case you don't know what today's topic is, we're going to be talking about our experience in... Living in the Middle East? The Middle East, but like Bahrain specifically. And mm. so I'm very excited to share our experience. I think it's going to be really eye-opening to a lot of people. I'm hoping especially to people that I know back in the States to kind of hear Hopefully, what it's like for to kind us of shed that good light about uh, Bahrain and yeah, Dubai or just and stuff like that. Yeah. Really take our time to go into detail and explain how it is because that's where I'm going to leave it. They just still don't know. So I'm excited to talk about it. But okay, means. guys, before we dive in, this is like, this is a special, like, re no, get it close to the microphone. Okay, but this I won't splatter like, it. Medi is a pro at this. I don't want to splatter it because it's electronic. I know. <laughs> such ASMR. Oh my God. For anyone that cringes with too close noises. That's, how, you know, I finally nailed it, by the way. When I was back in Houston visiting mm -hmm. my family, I actually got really good at it. So, yeah, you have to do it. it there is hope everything. for those non-Moroccans. You can learn how to pour the tea this way. So, take a sip. Cheers! Cheers! Chin chin. Chin chin. Salty, madame. Oh, that's a good. Can I have a little bit more before we start? Sure. Because I already finished up. It's addicting. <laughs> and literally, it's gonna get me high. Yeah. Moroccan no, tea. but you know what? It'll get your like, get you your good vibes, your good yeah, energy level. It really is. It's like weed. Okay, we're gonna block that out. <laughs> Put a little center there. He said it's like mint. That's all he said. It's like mint. Yeah. No, but honestly, the way, because my mom actually did this. She did, she, she did. She made us a pot of tea. She's Moroccan and she makes the best Moroccan teas in yeah. the world. I tried, but mine doesn't even come close. Yeah, it's also from our uh, yeah. garden mint, from our own house. It is. And she, but she mixes it with like the right amount of like green tea as well, the right amount of mint leaves, you know? And blossom, is it blossom water? Orange blossom. Orange blossom I water. I am more Moroccan than you are. <laughs> yes, <yeah. laughs> yes, I am. So we've got our tea and I From my own garden too. Yes, Betty. Betty is a gardener in case you didn't I'm a catch huge, that drift. He's a huge gardening. You see, we talk about gardening. You got me even fidgety. I'm excited. That's not what the talk is about today. <laughs> if I sat, I swear, if I sat back and just shut my mouth, you would keep speaking about your mint, your lemon tree. I love my garden. His mint is flourishing apparently, by the way. I've yet to see it, but yeah. it's doing pretty well, I think. Mm. I'll open my own garden one day. The Medi Medi's garden. We are going to have an episode about that. With that. And we're going to talk about it. Our and now we're going to talk about... Smoothies. This. Yes. <laughs> you ready to speak? We're going to talk about this. About the Middle <laughs> yeah. East. Uh, let's go. Gardening but please, movies. you're my wife. Okay. I want you to go first. Yeah, okay. Chronologically, I suggested he goes first, but he's such a gentleman that he still wanted me to go first. Always begin. But I thought a really great way to start this video would be to explain how we got here 
to Bahrain in first place because I know a lot of people um, back home or people I've met here they're like how did you end up here like why are you here um, so obviously I came to Bahrain because of you um, which you'll learn when he explains how he got here but I before I met Medi, I had never heard about Bahrain it was like not on my radar whatsoever I grew up in Texas not very conservative but like on a more conservative like community family friends um, and so like the Middle East was like not on my radar moving abroad especially was not on my radar whatsoever so when I met you and I remember you told me you're from Bahrain I'm like where's Bahrain you're like it's next to Dubai um, and then I did my research and everything and we actually didn't plan on moving here after we got married we no planned, it was France initially yeah and I remember I was like dead set on staying in France I was so excited and then my visa expired, so we had to leave France. And so it's like, okay, we're gonna go on holiday because your family was here yeah. to visit there. And I remember being on the airplane, and like as we're landing in Bahrain, I'm like, okay, it's only gonna be for like three months, right? Until we renew my visa and we go back to France. And you're like, sure. It's actually easier to renew your sure, visa sure, sure. abroad than when you are in France, as which it was make such sense. chaos to no. renew your visa in France. It was a nightmare, to be completely honest with you. Yeah. But just to like go back to that, my mindset coming into Bahrain was. I'm not planning to move here. This is not where I'm going to live. I want to go back to France. And then I... You were pleasantly surprised. I was pleasantly... Yeah, no, I, I mean it. Because I think going from... Which I love France, don't get me wrong. Mm. But like, I didn't speak the language. We were in a very small city that like, they speak the language. And I get that. I get that 100%. Um, I would want to speak the language if we moved back there. But yeah. to get here... Can I specify though? Because yes. you're saying, you know, all these details but people may not know like the small sure. city is Annecy in it France and it's this little city. village in the mountain where during summer and winter yeah. it's very active very touristy but as soon as it becomes off season it's empty oh There's it was empty yes so empty. yeah during that time it was kind of like yeah. a little bit depressing that's for sure it was just a little <laughs> rainy and a little dark yeah. and a little bit cold but outside of that it's beautiful but point being when we got here like I know Arabic is like the main language here but so is English so just that right off the bat, I was like, oh, it's like English speakers again. Like I felt so comfortable. And then everyone was just so welcome. Like there, there hasn't been one person that I've met here that's like from Bahrain that has not been so overwhelmingly welcome and inclusive to us and to me. Um, so that was just a beautiful experience. And then, like I said, to come from being in a small city where um, I didn't speak the language to here, it was just like... Breath of fresh air. Such a breath of fresh air. So that's how I got here, was through uh, Madame over here. Madame? <laughs> yeah. Did you get... Was it a culture shock? I mean, to be completely honest with you, it was the inverse of a culture shock because I just fit in so quickly. You that, like I, I was, ex I came in expecting to get a culture shock. I was like, oh, it's the Middle East. I had heard, whatever I heard growing up about the Middle East, like that it was very different. Um, obviously, from growing up in the states, and then to get here, and feel so comfortable so quickly, I was almost weirded out that I didn't get a culture shock. I was like, how am I so comfortable so quickly in a place that is literally halfway across the world. So you fit in very nicely here, that's I, for sure. I love it here. I was very fortunate to get into a very good group of individuals. Do you so. remember 
what you expected Bahrain to be like before you came here? Do you have like you any recollection of, of what you thought it would it was like? I mean Like what did you think Bahrain was like as soon as you would set out of the airport? What would you see? Like it's hard it's hard to think back on it now and then especially since I had you it wasn't like I was jumping into a place completely blind because granted that wasn't the first time I was here we came for your brother's wedding mm -hmm. like two years before but mm -hmm. that was just for a week or two so and we were just around family so I didn't really I feel like experience the culture that much when we were here for that because we were just with the wedding yeah stuff, the yeah. wedding the entire time but I mean I think I would backtrack that even further and say growing up I don't think there was an accurate like depiction of the Middle East in general, which granted Bahrain is more open than most countries in the it, Middle it East. Is. Yes. It is. But um, I don't think any of the countries here were painted in a correct light, at least in the community that I grew up in. And I don't like place any that's why I asked. blame on that yes. on anyone. I think that's just completely in misinformation. Yeah. Um, a from the, I don't know if that's still the way it is there now, but at least growing up, like the media portrayed the Middle East as like very- It's, It still is. Okay, yeah, so it that's what is. I mean. But, um, so I don't place any fault on like my parents or my friends or the parents of friends that I had growing up because just everyone was constantly receiving this misinformation. About Bahrain, about how it's like- uh, Of course, well you remember- The, the Middle East in general, like the, exactly. you cannot drink alcohol, it's, you cannot hold hands, you cannot kiss, you yeah. cannot, you're gonna get in jail, you're gonna get and I these think... very bad repercussions, which are true to some extent in some areas in the Middle East yeah. and are enforced more than others. Uh, but they take it in such a disproportionate That's the thing, it's disproportionate. Yeah. And so growing up, it was portrayed as very, I don't even know the word to describe it, but like I said, it just wasn't on my radar to go there. Mm. I like, didn't have that inclination. And then when I met you, and I remember you telling me that's like, oh yes, I'm French, and but I grew up in the Middle East, I grew up in Bahrain. I remember my first instinct was probably like, oh, Really? Why? Like, how? Like, why were you there? What happened? And so, like I said, I'm very fortunate in the fact that I had you. So you were able to very delicately explain to me, like, no, it's not like that, actually. It's like this. And I'd be yeah, like, sure. oh, what about that? And you're like, no, well, actually, it's this way, not that way. But I mean, you remember when you met my parents and you told them where you were from, they were like, oh, really? What? No, like, and that's not coming from a mal play. That's literally coming from like your mom was a lot ingrained. more understanding. Yeah, but like that's generations of misinformation. That's so much misinformation um, that could have just as easily been passed down to me if I had not met someone like you. And I'm fortunate that I was open-minded enough to be like so excited to learn more, and then through that avenue, now my family was so excited to learn more, and now we like. All love, I know they haven't been here yet, but um, I think it's really fascinating that you kind of broke that chain, at least in my family, of mm. that misinformation of like what yeah. to expect when you. Because can I say I'm so jumping ahead here, but like this is literally knock on wood one of the safest, most kind places I've ever been and ever lived in in my entire life. So welcome I, to paradise. I wanted baby. to save this till the end, but I feel like I need to say it now. But like. God, if there's one thing you take away from this video, if you haven't been to the Middle East, like throw away the like the things people told you growing up, they're most likely wrong. It depends where in the Middle East. 
Great, but okay, that's the thing. Like, you go to the States, there's massive They, put, they paint everything in one. Not everyone they in the paint. States, but some, some people yes. that have this misinformation. Especially for the growing up in a more yeah. conservative state like Texas, which, yeah. yes, Houston is more open in Texas. I got a lot of people telling me all these bad things about the Middle East that were completely not true. Like, where, of course, I have where are you getting this information me, from? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All this, you know what I mean? That's it's what I mean. Crazy. It's like this like tornado of misinformation, yes. and they keep catching yeah. more people. People, they would, they would um, tell me like, oh, what, you live in a war zone? How do you feel about it? Isn't it dangerous to live in a war zone? Some people would literally tell me like, I know this is such a cliche, but some of them were actually serious and it baffled me like, so uh, are there any cars there or no. a bunch of camels? You're joking. You got, how do you go? I swear, I swear that? to God. And they were, it was not a joke. Because no. a lot of my friends and stuff would joke about that. It's funny. Like, well, extent. people that weren't from Texas would joke that I rode but some, school on a horse. So it's, it's funny because it was mostly conservative uh, Americans. Yeah. They were, <laughs> one of them that I've met in my college time okay. asked me this question. I was like, are you like, are you joking? He's like, no, no. That's, I heard that that's how you go to... Dude. I was like... Are you serious? I've gotten this joke before, but... But not in a actually, real... Like, why are you, yeah. what are you getting at here? Okay, I never mean? knew I would find someone, I would meet someone in my life that would be if serious about If they're that far gone, you should have just said yes. That is how I go <laughs> like, yes, but man, I, that's how I go to school. I can't, though, because uh, no, I, I, I hate hearing all of these kinds of bad information about the Middle East, especially Bahrain. Yeah. That gave me so much good. You know, Bahrain to me I is know, like the, the, I know. the most safe spot in the world. Yeah. Well, then let's backtrack even further. How did you get here? Oh, do you want me to explain that? Of course. They don't know you. I know, but they don't. Know uh, well, I, I was very young. I came here uh, when I was two months old. Like do you I remember was. Remember the day? Two How'd months. How did you feel in the airplane? <laughs> uh, I was born in France. You know, French father, Moroccan mom. I was born in Annecy, and as soon as I was two months old, uh, my dad wanted to bring us, along with my two other brothers, to Sunshine. He was tired of uh, having his kids, you know, live in because, uh, like, like I said, in Annecy, it's, beautiful, it's, during it's, it's beautiful during the summer and the winter, winter for comes. ski. But as soon as you know you, you get into fall or even winter, you're not going to ski there every weekend. You're not going to ski like every day. Uh, so when you don't, it's kind of like it, it gets. It, it, there's nothing to do. Annecy is small. It's not like you're in Paris. In Paris, you have an abundance of things to do. In Annecy, it's tiny. Um, so we we moved to Bahrain, and that's how everything happened. You know, like I, I grew up here. I went to different schools. Started going to French school. Went to uh, an American school, an Arabic school. That's how I picked up Arabic too. And, and honestly, it was it was just sunshine. And the sunshine is amazing. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people take for granted here in Bahrain. Uh, that especially expats, expats that come here and then leave, you know, to the, back to the UK or back to the US, back to France, back to Australia. No, maybe not Australia because it's sunshine. Not Australia, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, they go there and then they're like, "Man, I miss Bahrain. I miss the sunshine." Yeah, but you should have taken more advantage of it. I know. That's how I feel uh, whenever I go back to France for like not even a month or two after yeah. summer and for holidays. And when I come back, I'm like, "Man, I that's." Bahrain. I this place. I know. <laughs> so that's the thing. Like now that we've been here for over two years, I, I have to keep reminding myself, like, don't take it for granted. Yeah. You've got such good weather. You've got such good people. You've the people got are nice. Good the warmth food. of the Bahrainis uh, that my family had that was lucky to meet during, you know, uh, our whole life. Yeah. They're, they're one of the nicest people in the world. Like the, I, the, and it I comes with the warmth, that. the sunshine, the vitamin D, the I happiness, the, the composure, the relax, like yeah. they're laid back, you know? Everyone's laid back. There's I no stress, that. there's no pressure. It's just, 
you know? Good vibes. Good, chill good vibes. vibes. That's Bahrain. That's why it's like, it's a bubble. It is. But it's a good, but it's a it's happy a good bubble. bubble. But that's why I feel like people... Um, take it for granted, maybe. Take it for granted because yeah. they feel like it's, it's... It literally is the only place in the world for me that is like that. Yeah. And people kind of, when they enter this bubble, they kind of... Think they did everything. They, they, yeah, they miss their their homes, but then whenever they go back there, it's like, oh man, I but missed I the bubble. bubble. You know? <laughs> but that's how we. I was too when I was a kid. I we were in uni. Sorry, uni high school before uni before because I went to uni in Houston. You were like ready to. Yeah, all of us friends, even brothers, like I cannot wait to get back to get back into well to go and adventure to the world and to and, and get out of the bubble. You know, get out of the nest. You know, and uh, sure, it was fun. You meet new people. We knew that. But once you get all through life, through your college life, I'm talking about my own experience, yeah. and you've had your fun, you've had your little uh, adventure, man, it feels good to come back and settle and like... Just be comfortable. It's comfortable, safe. This is, yeah, safety, safety is the ba biggest Bahrain biggest is the safest me. place, and I've traveled a lot uh, in my life uh, around the world, in uh, France, Annecy, uh, Houston. <laughs> you know, that's the baffling thing. Like being it's, in Houston and thinking, oh, Bahrain, is it dangerous over there? I know. And then getting here and being like, what on earth was I thinking? Exactly. Like, Houston scares me now. No, Bahrain is so safe. I know. And I know. Um, that's crazy to me. You, like you can leave your car unlocked. You're not going to, no one's going to do, do anything. You can leave your house unlocked. We no one's going to do, do anything. Uh, look, everywhere in the world has their. Uh, sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> you promised me you put it on airplane. <laughs> I, did, I thought I even saw you go airplane. Everywhere in the world are gonna have their their levels of crime, but here it's just I, my whole years of living in Bahrain, I have never experienced experienced it. But I think yeah, it comes in at, like for women as well, like being in the states and now like it's crazy that that was so normal to me back then. But like growing up in heat, like I didn't feel safe walking alone at night. Like no matter where I even like at my home, like I didn't want to go outside by myself in the front yard when it was dark. Maybe that was like a, pushing it too far, maybe I was fine, but like to come here and not feel that whatsoever was incredibly refreshing. Cause I'm like, I really genuinely, I feel safe when yeah. I'm here. And that's been a beautiful thing. I know we're not having kids right now or anything, but like in the future, that would be so nice to feel that way. You know, like just feel, I think that's why it's such a beautiful place to raise family oh it's definitely well. a family uh, raising you know? uh, country that's for sure that's why a lot of teachers from the uk especially yeah. love it here it's so comfortable it is and it's just and it's safe accessible accessible as well it's like it's really tiny. really easy yeah. living in terms of like everything's close everything's close everything's yeah. close you know that's another <laughs> and that's what thing. people take for granted here <laughs> no i know all <laughs> you people take... be like yes to get to riffa oh it's like 45 God. minutes 30 25 to 30 minutes, I To think. go all the way to Riffa? I like made the other end of Riffa, maybe, an yes. hour-long commute to school every you single day. You did that every day, day in Houston. For like three years. So when I hear 25 minutes is being, which, okay, let me be honest, like now that I'm here, I'll be like, oh, 25 minutes as well. But to hear that out loud and be like, 25 minutes, what? Like, that's nothing. Like, it's so close. Yes. Your um, commuting took how the, the same amount of time it would take you from, from going from one point of Bahrain to the other. The other. Yeah. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Every day. I can't believe you did that, by the way. That's a lot of commuting. It's, yeah. It's, but uh, no, I got seriously, driving, though, the so. safety is a huge thing uh, in Bahrain that I feel like people take for granted. Um, as soon as they leave Bahrain, they miss yeah. it. You know, like uh, I've seen the dangers of Houston. I've had a gun pulled on uh, out on me in what? Houston. Yes. <laughs> 
You never told me that. I did not. No, Mehdi. I told that I told my parents and my brothers. Well, my Mehdi? older brother was. When did me. I know you? No, it was, it was literally my freshman because I was out of the bubble and it was so safe here and going out to Houston, you think like, you know, you, you can do stuff, but... You never told me this. Where you get all you? these hormonal things, you're like, you, you go, after the nightclub you go out, there's a little uh, Wait, clash you? that happens with my older brother and me and you start pushing to this Mexican guy and then he goes back into the car and comes back and he's like, what did you say? What did you, you say? You never oh. told me this! Yeah. My brother was so protective of me that when that happened, he literally tried to push me, and in pushing me away, he punched me in the face. Oh no, <laughs> like, but it was a save you like punch. That. That's Houston. And the thing is, uh, that's why I'm afraid to, uh, I would not raise a family Guys, this is a new, I had never heard this story before, by the way. I can't believe I didn't tell you that. Yeah. Well, it was such a traumatic experience for me, to be honest, because um, it really was. But just to show, like, this would never, guns are not even, no one has guns here, you know? Yeah. Uh, but even in, in, in France, this can happen in Paris, you know? Uh, people can, London, people, there's no guns there, but people yeah. still can go uh, into stabbing sprees, you know? This doesn't happen here. No. This doesn't happen here. No, I love our, like, nighttime walks as well. Like, we yes. just go out, we walk around. And for business, too, you said uh, if you had a private client, you go to a private client on the other side of Bahrain, it's safe. No, that's the thing, it's yeah. No, safe. I would not. The work I'm doing here, I don't think I'd feel safe doing that. Going to other people's houses? You do that in New York, you're bound to meet, like, you don't know who in you're your experience going a weirdo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No. But now, okay, now that we're on that point of like working, I, I wanted to like really touch on that for a second because something so beautiful that I've seen here as well, particularly Bahrain, I can't speak for the rest of the Middle East, but like the, it's almost like this, I don't know, this movement of women supporting other women in such an uplifting and like genuine way that I did not see back in Houston. No, it's such, okay, cause take your mom for instance, like woman your mom power. is already such like a, like a powerful woman. Um, and so when I got here and then I got into working and everything, I feel so fortunate that I so quickly met so many women around my age that were like so, not just, cause look, I've met people that are supportive, but this is like a really, it's like they're physically seeking to uplift and grow and further other women. So it's literally like this community of, I want to see you do better and it's not very competitive. Whereas back in Houston, I feel like, cause I maybe have one friend, maybe two back in Houston outside of my family that I actually clicked with. But when I got here, it was like, I finally met other women that were on my energy level in terms of like, I want to see you grow. I want to push you. Do you want to go do this? Do you want to try that? And just very, um, empowering to be honest and that's something that surprised me getting here to see that with so many young women that had started businesses and that were just like flourishing woman business with like flourishing here. hundreds of women supporting them behind them like no yeah. competitive or like mal intentions behind anyone yeah. it's just like they all want everyone to succeed and yeah. i think that's why i've done so well here and i don't think i could have done the same back in houston as the way it's well, I think that comes with here. it, uh, you know? Bahrain being a small, uh, a, a very small community compared to huge cities like Houston. And that is one of the good sides, is that it's tight-knit, mm -hmm. everyone knows each other, you know? That's the beauty of uh, uh, running a business in Bahrain, in yeah. Bahrain, is that it's very local. And uh, there's something special about that, yeah. you know? And it's not just the businesses, like, even energy level i remember like being in university and like the people that i thought were my friends at that time i remember they'd tell me sometimes like 
like, oh, Hannah, you're, you're so happy all the time, but like, you're too happy. Like, calm down a little Whoa, bit. Whoa, what? Like, yeah, like, don't be so loud. Give me these like, names. Wait, Who wait. said that? No, but my point being, at that time, when someone you think is your friend, which obviously, if someone says something like that, they're not. That's jealousy bleeding out of their personality. But um, at the time, thinking that they were, I was like, oh, God, like, am I? Like, am I no. too happy? Let me finish. I can't, I'm sorry, I'm just heated. That's why we're heat. not friends anymore. But point being, when I got here, it's like I finally found other people with my energy level, if that makes sense. So like not even a, take away the business aspect, but like that just kind of like happy, upbeat, life is good. Let me spread positive. Like everyone I've met here has been like that. So it's been so refreshing because it feels like I fit with the community of people that I've met here, ironically, even more than anyone back in Houston, which I found crazy. It's like, oh my God, there's these people on the other side of the world that I'm more similar to than the people that I grew up with. So I think that's beautiful. For sure. There's, I mean, it's, it must say a lot that we, we have the choice. We could uh, be living in the US if we wanted to. We could be living in France if yeah. we wanted to. We have that this privilege, this luck, me and you, that mm -hmm. we could do that. But or I don't we, want to right now. <laughs> but Bahrain... I like it here. <laughs> when, you, when you travel around and you make those differences, those pros and cons... Yeah. And for me, like I said, safety is massive. I know. Bahrain just ends up being on top of the list. Well, for me, I, I know I told you this the other day, but I... It's and you can travel for holiday. Of course you can, of course. No, but this is the funny thing as well. Tell now me. that we're here and like, obviously I've only been here for two years. You've been here for over 20. Yeah. I remember we've had, where I'm like, I'm dead set. We're just going to like stay here and I'm going to plan this, da, 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 da. And you're like, no, we're going to travel more. And I'm like, no, we're going to stay <laughs> in, like we are here. It's over. It's done. Um, well, you have, but, it's I just, so impressive what you have built. Because they have my energy. Like it's. Your it, energy like, is. No, but. They're the same, so like... I've never seen anybody with your energy. I've never seen anybody with your awesome. energy too. But, no, there's one other thing I wanted to say about this, specifically speaking, and I feel like it's I always have one realization when we are doing these podcast questions, but I feel like we come into this life now with two homes. We have the home that we are born into. So me, I was born into... A Texas home in Houston so that's like my my birthplace that is my first home but then I think as we start getting out and traveling and experiencing the world and experiencing other cultures I think now from my own experience we find a place that's like our our energetic or like our true home where we really feel like we click with the people we click with the culture we click mm -hmm. with the traditions and we click with the energy of that place and I can 100% say with certainty that Bahrain is that for me like it's the one that I've like I've explored I've seen the world a little bit I know I haven't traveled that much but I've traveled enough that this is the place where like my heart feels connected it's crazy that you say that, that you after being here for just two years it just means but that's how the powerful thing, Bahrain like is. you I don't know because like other places I've traveled like you'd be there for a while and then you'd get homesick yeah or you'd be there for a while and then you'd be like I just feel out of place something feels wrong you get like kind of tense yeah, and stressed yeah, out yeah. It's like, I need that comfort again that release of home yeah I've never had that yeah. here I've had it in the sense that I miss Crazy my family yeah. I've missed my family very very much and that was very hard for me to transition away from them but 
in terms of feeling comfortable and like I fit here and like I'm accepted here, that, that, I know I say it, all, it baffles me. That, it baffles that you. Baffles me. Um, but it's taken me aback. Like, would you say that uh, it would be the same thing if your husband was not here? Where are you? Are you sure that it's no, not? No, where are you though? Where are you in this hypothetical scenario? So I don't know. Like, I don't are know. we married in this hypothetical I, scenario? I, look, or is this me being single, getting here by myself? No, no, no. I'm trying to see to put together the pieces of this question. What I'm trying to say. Need more tea for this. Blasphemy. What? what I'm trying to say is, maybe what home is to you is your husband. <laughs> He's trying to be romantic here. <laughs> And I'm husband? trying to say that I just love Bahrain. <laughs> no, okay, but know, take I'm that because I'm talking about. I was with you in France, and something felt wrong when we were there. I needed to be somewhere else. True. I mean, like whenever you have <laughs> constant gray clouds on top of you for two weeks, but and it you don't wasn't see even sun. that. If there was gray clouds here, and the people were still the way they are, yes. and the environment and the energy. Yes. I would be fine. True, because there's people, they're in antsy, there's nobody. There's yeah, nobody. and even if they are, they in didn't. Off and don't get me wrong, I tried to speak French. I tried. I'm not getting you wrong. No, no, no. Meaning like, I would go into the little cafes and I would speak to them in my poor little butchered up French, like, bonjour, da 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 da. And they would answer me in English. I'd be like, please say it back in <laughs> French. Like, I'm trying. But like, they know. If you went there they 20 years ago. There. Nobody would be speaking English. <laughs> no, but I, the thing is, I think they speak back to me because they know I'm not French. So they're like, don't bother. Like, don't even try. Of course. You need, but I want to try. If you want to have a French accent, you need to live there I know. more than what you did. Yeah. You know? And you need to, on top of that, take some classes and courses. Yeah, which I'm doing right now. But, um... No, I'm not talking about Duolingo. Well, I started it anyway. <laughs> it's so. obviously, for sure, it helps, but like... No, because look... Look, in the future, if we do end up going there for maybe a few years that will be a good time for you to pick up some french i know i know which i'm definitely going to do because i started duolingo so you are the podcast will hold me accountable for my french lessons that i do my 10 to 15 minutes every single day who's gonna teach my kid our kids sorry french you and you're gonna teach me simultaneously while you're <laughs> teaching them i will learn as a baby as well but i was gonna say something what was i gonna say No, we were talking about be patient. This happened. What's the thing your mom says in Arabic when you forget? I, I never, I never know what it is. You, she says it like once a week at least to us. What is it? I, I don't know. It's just, but whenever she says it, I remember what it was. Alas. <laughs> I don't know. Do you know what it is? Do you know I was um, kind of getting ready for this episode last night and I was researching uh, the Middle East mm -hmm. and I was like I wanted to see which country in the Middle East was the most growing country okay in the next 10 years Dubai no surprisingly I think Dubai has already reached its, it's uh, max it's, out yeah, of there <laughs> no it showed uh, Morocco and then I was like wait is Morocco in the Middle East I'm you know as a half Moroccan yeah. you never consider Morocco as being part of the Middle East but North Africa okay but then I forgot where actually Morocco is part of uh, MENA which is Middle East and Northern Africa. Okay. So just in an economic and uh, political aspect, it's part of. It is part of okay. the Middle East, but geographically, obviously not. Yeah. Uh, so when I saw that, I was like, Morocco is the highest growing country in the next ten years. Based on what, like economically? Economically. economically. Okay. Okay. Yes. 
Interesting. Interesting. You told me something interesting in the car as well about what was it, the tribe or the culture or the race that was like the pure Moroccan. Yeah, yeah, I told you that. But before I continued, like I still don't, I still don't find it right to consider even economically Morocco as being part of the Middle East. For me, it will always be part of part North of Africa. North yeah. Africa. Yeah. But the other country they said was Iraq, and I was surprising because I. Really. Yeah, I was like, okay, interesting. interesting. No, that's the thing. Now that we're here, I'm not sure what kind of source I was reading, but uh, yeah, we, we source on this here. We, we go source this. Don't take my word for it. <laughs> um, maybe if that's it's really good if it is. No. And yeah, about the race thing. Uh, I was researching, you know, kind of researching my ancestry as well. I was like Morocco. What is Morocco's race? And predominantly, fundamentally. Moroccans are not Arabs. Okay. I'm talking about they have not originated as From, being Arabs. Yeah. Okay. They were uh, predominantly Berber, Berber, which is it's like teddy bear. Before I'm talking before the Arab Revolution, before okay. the uh, Islam Revolution, mm -hmm. uh, when uh, the Islam uh, uh, took over the Middle East and North Africa and reached yeah. all the way on to, uh, to Spain, and it's only then that uh, the Arabs mixed in with the uh, original people of Morocco, which were uh, a mix of people of cultures between Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, mm -hmm. Libya, Mauritania, and Mali. They, these people originally shared very similar traits and, and, and race and cultures. Before the revolution. Before the revolution. Okay. But then after when the Arab uh, spread their, their religion onto North Africa and the Middle East, mm -hmm. uh, they kind of mixed over time. yeah. People mixed, you know. And now, obviously, it's 99% of Morocco is, is Islam. Uh, but it was funny. I was like, "What?" I always thought Morocco was Arab uh, forever. I learned something yeah. every day. Yeah, I really did. Um, Do you think you're gonna learn to speak the Moroccan Arabic? Darija. Yeah. I would like to. It would be nice. I, I mean, I can understand it when my mom speaks. You can understand to me. it a little bit. Okay. I can't speak. I can't speak it. Not as good. Yeah. But Tell it's the a world mix. the Arabic that Mor you speak. Morocco, before I do that, Morocco Fine. before was a mix of uh, Christianity and Jewish mm -hmm. people. It was a huge mix of that. And Mediterranean, you know? And uh, no, it was just, I'm just saying this because it was funny to research the past of Morocco. Yeah. Very funny. Not funny, it was interesting. The Arabic that I speak is. Yeah, uh, tell them. Well, it's. Yes! <laughs> I, I can, Already, I can right? speak classical Arabic. Well, yeah, Bahraini, Khalid. Speak, okay, no, actually, I've had so many of my friends, because when they see you, they don't realize that it's you golf. speak Arabic. Golf Arabic. So I would like you to say something in Arabic for them. Putting on the Because like they are like, they're like, no, many doesn't. And I'm like, believe me, it still throws me off. I forget that you speak it as well. So let's I'm so high this. on Moroccan tea. Then right let's now. do a little, this is a little segment called Language of the Day, where Mehdi's going to speak a little bit of... Arabic with you. So just say like, hi, I'm Mehdi. Nice to meet you. Salam, Hana, Kefetch. Yeah! I swear to God, that threw me off so much when I saw you speak that for the first time back. Because I don't, it was a long time that we were dating before I ever saw you speak Arabic. 
you'd speak French in front of me because when you'd speak to your parents on the phone, you only speak, speak to French. my parents in French. Yeah, my brothers. So it was a while before you. I saw it, you told me you spoke it, yeah. but I didn't see you. And then I remember when you spoke it, I was like, what? Yeah, like yeah. Like you were telling the truth, like you actually I mean, speak it. So it's, it's funny because a lot of people that see me on on social media and like outside. Uh, my private life, including, will see your me as, in, including you, will see me as speaking English only. But when it's when it comes down to private matters and you know family, it's only French. And I never we never mom, speak English uh, if it's not with you. It's going to be French all the time. Yeah. With my mom, a little bit of Arabic, yeah, actually. A lot of Arabic, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be honest, she's yeah. like brush up, brush up, yeah, yeah, Arabic, thing, uh, brush like, up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, now I will say something in Arabic because that is what I do. As Tell well. me. Mashallah. 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 That's all I know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm just so relaxed. I know. I can see it. I'm so relaxed. It differs. It differs. You have had so many glasses. No, I think it's done. <gasps> God, hey! <laughs> oh my god. What is your favorite thing about Bahrain? Oh, it's it's tough to answer this in one in one way. Like there's many things obviously. The climate. The climate? The climate, for sure. Sun it's is huge. Good climate. Sun is holds a much bigger importance than people uh, People uh, realize. Uh, people realize. <laughs> As you can see, we are very mellowed out. I minted out. Shame <laughs> Oh my god! No, but I think my favorite thing about Bahrain is, like I said before, it is the people. Because from the second we got here, obviously your family was so welcoming because your family was here. But outside of them, every single person I've met has been like, I'm so happy you're here. Let me show you around. Let me take you to do this. Can I help you with that? So like, it's 100% the people that make Bahrain for Sure. Can we actually people. speak Tell about me. Dubai and the differences between Dubai and Bahrain? Okay, you can speak because yeah. I have not okay. been to Dubai. Because I have a lot of friends. Yes. We will go soon. Will we? Maybe. I mean, I heard it's... I'm getting a little crazy. Over yeah, it is. I swear to God. Um, I have a lot of friends actually that were, you know grew up in Bahrain and then moved to mm -hmm. Dubai, and you know others to Qatar. I feel like it's easy to get uh, sucked into the um, superficiality that Dubai offers. Offers. You know, it's kind of like. For me, that's honestly kind of like going into a casino or like... Yeah? Yeah, like you said, like you met that friend that went to Dubai and she was shocked uh, by seeing all of these... Plastic people. Plastic, <laughs> you know, people full of like surgery. I would still and, like to see Which is it nothing wrong with that, but... I would like to see it for myself, but from what I've heard, I don't think I could live there for yeah, a prolonged no. period of time. Like, from what I've heard. Uh, what was it with uh, implants? What did you heads. see? Yeah, was on Snapchat this no, morning. No, but that's, <laughs> there's a lot of that. Not that there's like, something bad with that, but there's something that I'm not. It, yeah. I'm personally, it throws me off. You know, I don't have anything against it, but it just when I see that every time, I was like, where is the natural more, yeah. aspect of, of? We should have a whole talk human. on that. We should have a whole talk on that. That's for sure. But I feel like it's. Um, this whole, it became a hub for influencers, right? Yeah. Influencers that are inflated, that only, you know, 
that do, like you say. You know, what did you say? That, that you said something interesting yesterday about it's like steroids. Stepping into Dubai is like stepping into social media. Only it's not on your phone. It's in real life. Is that what you told me yesterday? Yeah, Dubai is like jumping into social media, but like in real life. You get all of these hits of dopamine everywhere you go, you know, you go on Instagram, you're going to see a supermodel with abs and everything, or you're going to see somebody out there that you wish you'd be, you would be, mm -hmm. that are completely inflated. And Dubai, it's just, it's hard to miss that. So it's hard to kind of get away from that environment and that these thoughts. And it's everywhere. Yeah, it's hard never to compare when you see that everywhere around you. I still you want know? to see it. I want to see it for you myself. Will. By the way, I say all of this. I love Dubai. Yeah. But when I say all of this, I'm just trying to compare. I'm comparing uh, Dubai to Bahrain because I feel like Bahrain in some way will be uh, reflecting a little bit of, of what Dubai and, and the direction Dubai will go to. But just in, in the a growth much aspect. more... Uh, how do you say? Human touch? No, it would, it would go to the similar direction as Dubai, but in a much more uh, safe <laughs> way, not natural way, you know? Yeah. And that's why I would always prefer living in Bahrain yeah. and not in Dubai, because at least in Bahrain, it's much more laid back. Yeah, I think no matter how big Bahrain grows, I think it's going to keep, or at least I hope it does, that like laid back, I hope it chill, always does. I hope it always inclusive, does kind just like yeah. homey yeah. feel you know i mean i get all of these uh, friends that would tell me even family would tell me that dubai is booming like you should go there you should do stuff there like if i do i probably would but i would never live there no i would never live there. i just i want to go to see it for like two or three yeah days going vacation. going there for holidays yeah because yeah. you can get that rush of dopamine and then come, come back on that and come home and exactly. like get grounded again yeah and that's bahrain to me it's grounding it's grounding it's a grounding place. it's grounding yeah. It's amazing. Well, I think on that note, I would like to, if I had any advice for someone moving abroad to a place that they haven't moved to, did you have anything else to say on this or do you want to move forward to that? No, I mean, no, honestly, no. Mm -hmm. That's okay. okay. If there's one thing I would tell any of you out there that are thinking about moving abroad, I mean, I obviously, I was caught in a very lucky scenario because you lived abroad and you just brought me to where you grew up and so it was very easy for me um, but if you are on your own or if you're looking to move somewhere that you didn't grow up in i would say just eliminate from your mind all of the misconceptions that i mean you might not know their misconceptions if they're there right now but just what you've been taught about places because i can tell you now with 100 percent certainty at least for me mm -hmm. These places were not at all what I expected them to be once I physically got there myself. Um, and it really has made me take a step back and realize like, how many other places do I have the wrong idea of like, should I go to all of them? Because am I wrong about all of them? Mm -hmm. um, and so I would like to adventure around the Middle East some more. I'd like to see other places around here. I'd like to see more places There's in a lot. Europe There's as a lot well. Of amazing places. I want to go to Oman. There's, I was about I to, to say to there's Oman. Oman. Really I've had the, the privilege to go to Oman multiple times when I was younger and see yeah. those huge turtles. Oman is it's like an oasis. Uh, it's very unique. I don't think you'll find a place Another that's like place Oman like to be that. honest. Uh, there is uh, mm -hmm. Dubai, you know, there's a few. Yeah. yeah, but that's just what's crazy. I literally I want to travel everywhere now because I want to see all of these places that I've heard about growing up but for myself, because I know now that like once I actually get to all of them, they're not gonna be what I thought they were growing up.
Yeah. Look, we were saying about misconceptions. I had my own misconceptions of Houston myself. Yes, you did. Whenever uh, before I went to Houston, I swear to God, I didn't even do my research on the geography of what it, uh, to expect. For some reason, I went in there with this. Uh, there was not a lot of education on on generally America in, Here? My, in my high school. Like, in well, your high school, yeah, okay. not what America's geography, what state stuff. We never knew. What we were never taught. Stick yeah, out. Honestly, I'm telling this from personal experience. Interesting. I never learned anything from American history in my uh, in my uh, British. I mean, school. I guess you don't have to. If it's I, yeah, of course, but I'm saying this is not not in a bad way. I'm just saying this. It didn't prepare me. Prepare you for, for what uh, to expect. Uh, rightly so. Like it, it shouldn't prepare me, but for some reason I did do my research on, on what to expect, and for some reason I only had this. <laughs> I expected Houston to be like cowboy ranch desert, kind of like New Mexico. That's so you are all the conservative Texas. people that were thinking you're riding on camels here, but the inverse for going with to one school. huge difference. You cannot compare me with these people. Uh, one huge difference is that I, I, I was not afraid to go an adventure. True. These people have this idea from the, the distorted media, and they're like. Oh, I'm gonna boycott this. Oh, I'm gonna get scary. No, me it was just generally. I did not expect Why this. Why did look you at this. come like, if you thought it was gonna be like that? Because my brother was told me a lot of good things about mm. it. My brother was two years older than me, and he told me like, Medi, this is gonna this is gonna change your life. We're gonna be on cows. And it did, farm. and it did. And Houston was amazing. It was a beautiful place too. No, I love Houston. You know, taking take away the safety uh, and crime level of of Houston. America in general, it would be probably the best place in the world. <laughs> Unfortunately, safety is huge. Yeah, no, I, I know it is. Yeah. That was a good talk. <laughs> that was a good talk. I liked it. That was good, yeah. No, hopefully uh, do some good promo for Bahrain. And I would love it because I would love people to have more of a, an open mind on what to expect uh, from the Middle East in general. Like, don't listen to what the media says or your friends say or... Do your research yourself, even better, come and travel here yourself and you will learn a lot. You will learn a lot. It's very open, it's very uh, welcoming and uh, it's going to open your eyes to so many things like it did you. Like it did me. Now, I'm so grateful that I have the opportunity to not just travel here but to now live here and work here because yeah. I feel like I have grown mentally so much over the past couple of years just from living in a different like, I know I feel so at home here, but obviously there are cultural differences. Like, the culture is different. Yeah, like, for example, um, Ramadan is going to be uh, tomorrow, actually, for us. It probably yeah. is a, a week uh, for you. But, uh, you know, things are going to be closing. There's going to be bars that are going to be closing. Yeah. There's going to be uh, any any places that sell alcohol are going to be not serving alcohol. Uh, some restaurants are going to be still closed. I know that Dubai changed their laws that you can actually so. go out and eat outside during Ramadan. And that was, it's a huge thing. That yeah. never happened in a, in a Middle Eastern country before. Uh, Bahrain still not, and it's not a big deal. Like I don't, I I love Ramadan. It's I love cute, Ramadan too. Even though I'm not participating, I'm gonna fast for one day. Which I'm by the way, one day. we should probably say Ramadan Karim because it's probably gonna be it's Ramadan. Already Ramadan for in you this guys. video, yes. So <laughs> Ramadan, Ramadan Karim, everybody. <laughs> okay, now we're gonna. I want to put this in the intro. That's the first probably thing. yeah. We so, should have thought of this yeah, at the beginning. So, but um, no, yeah. I love it here. I think it's such a sweet. Because like I said, growing up in a conservative, um, more Christian-based community, uh, it's been really beautiful to experience uh, a different religion and like the different traditions and the different holidays. Um, and it's just opened up my eyes so much more to how beautiful and like the similarities as well, you know, like people that are genuinely um, 
I don't know. I can't even put it into words. It's just a beautiful experience to it's beautiful. to literally experience the complete opposite of what I grew up in. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like it's really grounded me in just being a good human being to yeah. see the opposite. So, but that's uh, the thing is, as a kid, and for a lot of kids nowadays, I've, I, I I know for a fact, want to get out. They want to adventure. Not everyone, but mostly from my experience, the kids that I've met. You know my family and mm -hmm. friends uh they want to get out they want to uh, not have to deal with this these closures of restaurants and stuff they want to not have to deal with being in a bubble they want to get out of an adventure and that's normal but having like i said at the beginning having already lived through this adventurous life in these different countries in my yeah. life it's just it, it makes you realize how lucky and privileged you but you wouldn't live in have felt like that unless you did that. I would have like not felt like to, that yeah. if I had not. Yeah. So kids, you gotta do it anyway. <laughs> spread my wings and flew around. And exactly. That's for sure. Exactly. So yeah, spread your wings, fly around for sure. But um, go out and then come back. Maybe it will realize that make you really realize that you did do or did take Bahrain for granted. Yeah. Because it's beautiful. Well, with that being said, I think that is all of the things we wanted to discuss today. So we are at the very exciting point of the video. Before we get to that, can I say something? I don't know. <laughs> Did you, do you feel like, honestly, like, do you feel a little bit? I feel very like... <laughs> mellow, like so I should do yoga right now. Mellow. <laughs> That's what the tea will do to you. If you're having a stressful day, dangerous, if you have too much coffee, if you're having a stressful day or you feel anxious, Make some Shea Maribi. Shea Maribi? You'll feel like you're... That is how I feel right now! And I, I, we started the podcast, like, we were like, yeah! And I then... forgot the camera was here at some point. I was just like... <laughs> Me too! I Can I have some more tea? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, what is in this? Maybe it's the orange. I actually... Someone... Okay, because I met someone that was Moroccan here. It's not your mom. And she was telling me back in Morocco, um, which maybe your mom knows this, but they put something else in there that apparently makes it even more mellowing like there's some extra ingredient that they put in there that like makes there's it like really like a herb some there's a lot of herbs in morocco <laughs> <laughs> i don't care to name names but what's top boy too you would know huh? oh my gosh <laughs> no but uh, a lot of leaves and herbs are gonna make you sleepy verven is one of, i don't know how you say it in english no. uh, i always thought sage would but maybe not i think it does right because it has those like crystallized it almost kind of, kind of gel that look exactly like another herb that <laughs> we know. <laughs> well, we don't know actually. We're I don't just, know what uh, you're talking about. I really uh, don't. So like, don't make me look like I do. What do you think I'm talking about? You're lying. You know what I'm talking about. No, I just don't want it to look like I know. Anyways, the Catch point being, okay. we started the podcast energetic. Every podcast we've done in the past, we were like coffee, energy. But now instead we replaced the coffee with, with this, and I felt like this. This is my mind during the whole video. And I was listening to you, and I was like, and I wasn't sleeping. <laughs> I, noticed, I, was, I, was, I noticed. I'm not sleeping. I'm getting everything you're saying. I'm just like my facial expression is it's not there. Like, you know, my brain is work, but I'm just like. <laughs> oh my god. Well then let's get coffee after this then. Let's get no, coffee. Definitely getting coffee. Definitely but this coffee. is amazing. If you're having a stressful day, shame uh, Maghrebi. It's just some fresh mint. So, oh, should I give them the secret recipe? No, it's my mother's secret recipe. No, I'm joking. Okay. It's just mint. Good mint, not any mint. There's Fresh, a specific kind of, of a mint. A lot of it. A lot of it. There's, because there's different kinds of mint. It's not spearmint, it's just regular mint. Yeah, but even regular mint, I think there's different kinds, no? It's no? like regular, just classic I mint. 
Oh, and uh, I know now. Green I've tea, like dried green tea, strong. Uh, gunpowder green tea. Gunpowder, exactly. A little bit of bloss orange blossom water. I think water. it's gunpowder, actually. Like gun. Good. Spread the wrong information. That's why I said maybe I don't want any Moroccans out there to be like, I'm what does she think she's talking about? It's. Uh, I'll show you how someday. Brown sugar. I'll, teach I'll you. show you. What's that an episode where we teach them how to make tea? Yeah, we can add a little, like we said, we can add little segments. Yeah, Mary came into in the bedroom. He's like, let's add a segment where we cook. Yeah, like a TV, not cook, but like. We bring our little like, um, what's it called? Like a little hot, hot pot. Yeah, like, like a little TV little... show. They have little segments, you know, like stuff like that. We can make little vegan recipes. Yeah. Anyways, looking. anyway, the question of the week from go. the community I Let's wanted go. to ask this one. So, this is a very interesting one. It's from ACM02, uh, and they asked, What are you doing to stay positive like in this that. world? It's interesting. So, I'm assuming when they speak about positive in this world, just everything crazy that's going on right now. Um, so, do you want to answer this first? Because I already know my answer. I would say, ladies first. But you have an answer, so you can go ahead and go. I see it. <laughs> go, go. Get off social media for a little bit. That's it. <laughs> I agree. You're right. <laughs> get off social media for but a little bit. But he's determined to mention get off social media in every single episode. Every episode we're going to do in our podcast, we're going to have something to do with, with social media. I think so. I think that's going to be like our niche. I'm telling you, that's my, that's my huge... Not just passion. That's like... Mm, one kind of one cause it's a cause that i'm going to be backing very heavily along with my sleep apnea awareness but another kind of awareness that i want to spread is stop getting too hooked with social media and comparing yourself to inflated standards all the time you can yes. do it sometimes but not all the time because there's going to be bad things going on in the world always yeah. there's always something bad you know that if you watch the news and yeah. the social media is just news on steroids so like if you want to have a good day and stay positive Get off of it for a while and then like figure out how much you can actually handle before it affects exactly your the algorithm knows you and will know what to throw at you all, all kinds of information the more you stay on social media the, the more unlimited amount of information you can get in your head and your brain can only handle a certain amount of data after a certain amount it's going to get too burnt out and that's when you can be sad and confused and lost and depressed so one thing that I do to stay positive in this world is kind of not care too much about what happens in the world of social media. Yeah, and I think I would stay on that note, but elaborate on it a little of just like being aware. And I do that through journaling. And I do that um, through gardening. Like, yeah, as you do. <laughs> um, but I definitely I become more aware and that kind of feeds into me staying off of social media. Um, through journaling, I'll kind of assess how much time have I been spending on social media? How does my mental health feel? Do I feel okay today? Do I feel depressed? Do I feel anxious? The and chart, so, the tool. You yeah, can use the chart that exactly. we mentioned in the social media episode. Yeah, so... If you follow these kinds of behaviors, you're on social media too. Oh, the chart that you posted, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like the, if you compare yourself, you find yourself comparing yourself too much on social media or staying too much and yeah. progressing on social media. And what's the first uh, uh, behavior that you're going to feel is I feel uh, constantly um, trying to catch up, yes. right? And always trying to catch up, trying to catch up. And you're never going to be fulfilled. That's because of social media. It is. So just to reassess for this question, our tip for you would be to stay positive in this world, A, Take a little bit of time off of social media yeah. and then be uh, reassess and be aware of where you are mentally through journaling. And I think those two paired together yeah. will 
really help you stay. At least it helps us stay positive. And honestly, I was joking, but all, nature too. I was joking by no, saying gardening. No, you meant it. Journaling, uh, like, because like I'm personally, I love that you journal, but I'm not a journaling. It's not guy. for everyone. It's not yeah. for everyone. I tried it. I'm trying to stick with it. Yeah. I'm having a hard time. Me, my journaling is spending time in nature. Yeah. I think you know? that's the thing though. You need to find whatever makes you feel grounded. Yeah. For me, writing and writing and writing, it makes me feel really grounded. But yeah. for you, spending time in nature, yeah. especially more than me, I still enjoy it. But I think especially for someone like you, yeah. when you are in nature, it's like that. And I think we both get the same benefit, but you get it with gardening. Yeah. I get it with journaling. So it's just finding something that grounds you. It's powerful. Nature is very powerful. Uh, I'm so mellowed out by the TM. This is our train of thought right now. Like <laughs> my, it's just my train of thought is here like and my, my mouth speaking is here. Like, like it, it, <laughs> trying it, to catch up. <laughs> exactly. But I, I knew someone from school when I was like 10. Uh, he came over to my house because he would... Uh, I would ride back home from school with him. Mm -hmm. Uh, back then and he came and he saw me uh, garden because I would garden. I had a little my patch, my area in my house uh, that my family gave me. Uh, my land. And it was flourishing. <laughs> and it was just garden. It was like all kinds of herbs and vegetables and stuff. I, I loved it. Every time I would come back from school, I would garden. I remember he told me, he's like, eh, don't you have a gardener to do that for you, Maddie? What are you doing? Like, what are you, you peasant? You're like, no, oh, yeah, I'm no, no, passionate about this. Fast forward, this guy had a huge mental breakdown. Um, That's sad. It, it is because he was on, on social, social media, media too much too and much. he was trying to follow a certain controversial path on social media. I'm not going to specifics, but that's I, I'm, what I'm trying to say is I'm not trying to be kind of like, eh, I told you, man, you no, know? No, yeah, of course but not. But like, it just shows you, like, don't lose yourself on social media. Yeah. And nature can help you find yourself. So make sure to build your own defenses against social media's powerful systems that are meant to trap you in this constant negative mindset loop. That's it. Yeah, so ground yourself, basically. That's and why you stay positive in this that. world. Yeah. So I think that is a beautiful place to finish off. That was off. a long answer. It was a very, but it was a, it was a true yeah. one. It was an honest one. On that note... People are going to think I'm crazy trying to preach this every time. <laughs> you know what? You preach what you're passionate about, so... That's, that's what's crazy, because we went through that social media... I know, I'm not stopping, <laughs> but we went through the social media... That was media a long path. answer. Here he goes I'm, again. I'm you don't done. seem very tired from tea. I'm not done. We went through this whole social media uh, phase where we were uh, trying to feed our community a lot of uh, extra and superficial uh, content on a daily, and which was bad for them and us eventually yeah. after some time. And uh, in return, we got, I, I, I'm not sure about you, but I got a lot of DMs, like I said before, about, oh, my life was so depressing. You made it so much better. You made me prevent from ending my life and all these things. And that's because these people are so hooked to these superficial types of content thrown at them that yeah. they lose themselves. Yeah. And that's why I'm so passionate about pulling people passionate out of it. About preaching that is because I, I was part of that system as a creator and a consumer. Yeah. And you know, I know why. And a lot of these people are gonna hear this, what I'm saying, and like, oh, and shrug it off and still constantly do the same thing. Yeah. Because that's how addicting it is. And it's, it's hard to kind of make No, I think that's realize. important for people to notice because like on social media or especially through video content, like 
you're seeing a fraction of the best part of the day. And I know, yes. speaking from personal experience, the videos that we would film if we were vlogging or whatever, we might be having an argument before we started. Mm. We might be in like a really bad mental space and yes. having an awful day. And then we turn the camera on and we're like, oh, I love you. Welcome to it. So they're seeing this like this fraction and then Augmented. we turn off the camera again and maybe we're still having an argument and like it was not the best day. Yeah. But they don't see that. They see, oh, how do they have such a an good day? Super amazing. How are they having an amazing day every? Like, yeah, no. like not one hundred percent, but two hundred percent. I want to, and then it yeah. makes them realize that I want two hundred percent myself too. But that's such a wrong yeah. way. Yeah. So I think if anything, I felt guilty about that for a while. It's like I'm sorry for making people believe that we were one hundred percent perfect all the time. I don't, and you shouldn't. We're not. You know I why? Mean, you shouldn't. You know it why? It was artificial, though. So. It, it was, but you know why? Because now you're aware and you know how to uh, let people know and make them aware. Hey, listen, we've been through this system. No, I feel guilty about that when it happens. I know, but now, what, what I'm trying to tell you is, is to. to because I don't, I never feel guilty because my mindset is now it's an opportunity for me to get these kids, get these, because it was mainly young kids, kids yeah. that are trapped in these systems. Uh, it was mainly them. So I'm tr it's an opportunity for me to get them out because yeah. I know I've been through this. I've, I've added to it. Added to it. Yeah. And I'm not guilty about that because now I know, you yeah. know, a lot of them are going to be hooked on other creators that don't tell them, hey, listen, we're going to give you way, this 200% stuff, which is completely fine by itself. But do remember to take some time for yourself. Remember that the standards that we're showing shouldn't be what you need to follow as well for yourself. You know, yeah. so you don't have to be 200% all human, the time. You're you human, you're days. you. Yeah. You have exactly, you have off days, natural days. Yeah. And, and a lot of these creators don't do that. Yeah. And, and I want to do that. It's, oh, I feel like we could go into this whole conversation about this now, yeah, but I'm not going to do it right no, now. No, so, sorry. Yeah. Okay, with that, but maybe next week. Maybe we can talk about that next week. I think we already did that for the past five episodes. Okay, um, so anyway, thank you so much for watching this episode. I am so happy that we got the opportunity today to speak about Bahrain, speak about how beautiful it is to everyone that I know here in Bahrain. I love you. Please know that this is like my second home and it will always be no matter where I am in the world. Um, like I said, Bahrain is where my heart sits now. So it's a really, it's a special place. So if you have anyone that is looking to move abroad, whether they're moving abroad with a partner or on their own, or they're like not sure, I invite you to share this video with them just to kind of give them that final little nudge of like, it's okay. I know growing up, I always thought I was gonna live in Houston, in Texas, stay there, marry someone from there. And I'm really, really glad that's not the trajectory that I went down. It would have been fine if it was, but I'm very grateful that I had the opportunity to get out into the world. So share this video with anyone that you think could benefit from it. And yeah. Bahrain is an oasis. It's an oasis. It's so. an oasis. It's an, uh, it's honestly, mashallah. Yeah, that's mashallah. Not You're one word it's right some, now. Uh, it's some, uh, it's a, Paradise. Okay, well, ching ching with our ching -ching. empty tea cups because we finished everything. Thank you so much for watching this video. Like always, if you have not already, make sure to subscribe, like this video if you found it helpful, and then share it with anyone that might find it beneficial. And we'll see you on the next episode next week, baby. And if you want your question to be included, make sure to either comment down below or on the Medi sticker on Medi Instagram. Instagram. Podcast. There you go. Yes. Take okay. it easy. See you next time. Peace out. Bye.